everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. Here we are at episode 174, entitled Detective Pikachu and E3 2019 Plans. My name is Steve, but I am also uh, joined here by my good friend Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Greg, uh, similar to the last podcast, will join us uh, a little bit later. Uh, he gets uh, got detained a little bit. Um, but uh, we would love for you guys to, to join in, as you always do, in the chat room. Uh, if you're watching live, we love to hear about your thoughts, about what we're talking about and everything right in the chat room. So uh, be sure to do that if you're watching live. If you're watching after the fact, be sure to throw your comments down, uh, down there as well. Uh, if you are listening on one of your podcasts, uh, apps of choice. There's like so many podcast apps, apps out there. But uh, if you're if you're just listening, we would also love uh, a positive review if if you enjoy what you're hearing. Uh, and uh, would you uh, would be great if if you did uh, recommend to us to uh, to other Nintendo fans out there as well. Um, we also love connecting with you outside of the podcast. So if you're not following us on social media, please do that. And uh, we also, I think we announced this the last podcast, we actually have a Discord uh, channel out there too. So um, the link to that is in our YouTube description and also in the in the show notes for the podcast. Uh, we would love for you to join in there. Follow us on social media, just at Nintendo Fuse on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'd love for uh, to just to have this conversation outside of just these uh, the Monday nights in the podcast. So uh, before we jump into any of the news discussion and talk about Detective Pikachu and all that stuff, uh, tonight, let's let's talk about what we've been playing. So, uh, Barry, what's what's been uh, occupying your Nintendo Switch recently? Actually, um, unlike some other podcasts, uh, I got a couple things. Um, after the last podcast, I did play through Mortal Kombat 11, which was a lot of fun and uh, ran very well on the Switch. And I heard there's an update to make it run even better, but everything I did was before that update. And then I did uh, Dragon Mark Mark for Death, which is a game I wanted to play. I kind of missed the boat on it because it's a very difficult single player and co-op definitely makes it easier. And there's nobody like there's no rooms. Mm. I tried searching. So uh, I gave up after a little bit just because I just didn't feel like sitting there grinding just to try to, to overcome that hurdle single player. Mm. Um, and then I moved to um, the Capcom beat em up bundle. I uh, went through a couple of those games uh, as you know, it was digital here, but it actually came out physically in Japan, and it's completely in English. Oh. So, uh, I bought the Japanese, popped it in, played all the games in English. The menus, everything's in English, does and it, you can does choose. It start in English, or does it start yeah. in Japan, Japanese? No, the whole thing starts in English. The only <laughs> difference is it's called the Capcom Belt Action Collection instead of the Beat 'Em Up Collection. But you actually can play the English or the Japanese version of any game. Um, and, it, and by default, it starts in English because my system is set to English. Uh, so, yeah, the whole game is there and physical, all, all the games in the physical card. Um, so I played through some of those, and those are a lot of fun. I used to love those back in the day when the arcades ruled my life. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing on the Switch. Uh, still doing Dragalia Lost on the phone. The Fire Emblem event is, is ending uh, today. That's been a lot of fun. And they're doing something which I'm glad they're doing. For newcomers, they're starting to bring back old events. So if you missed events, you missed facilities and stuff, they're bringing them back with mm-hmm. a new difficulty tier for people who have done it before. So newbies and veterans can enjoy. I think that's smart. It allows them to pad out content too. Um, still doing Pokemon Go, although I'm this close to quitting it. Just 
I'm capped on inventory, capped on Pokemon. Mm. And it's like, do I really want to go through 2,000 Pokemon and figure out which ones are not 90-plus IVs? <laughs> no, I really don't. I, there's other things I'd rather do. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's getting a little on the tougher side. And, of course, still playing Final Fantasy XIV. A uh, little more than a month away from that expansion I'm looking forward to. And, and uh, yeah, that just captivated all my time everything else. Nice. Did you happen to play uh, Mortal Kombat online, or did you just play through the single player? I stuff? did not play online. I'm not a I'm not a very big competitive fighting fan. Um, I'm more of the casual, and Mortal Kombat's one of those that has a really good story. Like I just really enjoy the story, even though it's campy and cheesy and gory and stupid. Yeah. I just have always enjoyed it. So I played through for the story. Uh, I went through the crypt a little bit. The, the, um, I like what they did with the crypt this time, but I'm not a fan of it at the same time. Mm. Like. The crypt. Do you know? Have you played Mortal Kombat's with the crypt before? No, I, I'm familiar with like the the past ones, uh, like the the first like three or four games, but I haven't played it in, in in a long time. So what they did is they decided to do this um, thing for unlockables called the crypt. And in previous games, it was you go through with currency that you get from the game, and you open up, you know, chests. Okay. And uh, you you get different different skins, different fatalities, different uh, costumes, different artwork, and you can look up a guide online. It's like, oh, if you want Sub-Zero's alternate outfit, go to this particular gravestone and pop it open. Cool. So this time they decided to make it like a 3D explorable area, and it's Shang Tsung's Island. And it's really cool because it that's where Mortal Kombat 1 takes place. So mm-hmm. all the Mortal Kombat 1 stages are there, recreated. Uh, even like the pit where you know bodies are falling and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like all the statues of everyone are there. Like it's just really cool to see. And you get to explore the island. There's puzzles. You to get Raiden's staff and use that to open up a door. And you get uh, you know, Montara's horn and use that and open the door. Really interesting stuff. But and here's the big but the chests, which cost anywhere from like a thousand to fifteen thousand gold, are randomized, with the exception of like four or five. So if you want a particular item, and there's certain items you need to progress that you need to get from chests. So you <laughs> can get lucky and open it on your first chest, or you can literally farm the game for all the money and get it on yeah. your last chest. Wow. Um, it, it, and a lot of the chests are just, here's concept art. Thanks for spending 15,000 coins on concept art that you don't really care about. It looks like a five-year-old drew this. Yay. <laughs> so I did everything I could without having to grind. And, and like some of them you have to do like, 10 fatalities and 10 brutalities and like like tower modes i'm like, i don't really care about that i'm done yeah. i did the story i played around the crypt that's it hmm. but i'm not a fan that everything is randomized or the most everything yeah. is randomized yeah that does sound weird so how long did it take you to to complete all that stuff like is there is there a lot of game there or the story goes by pretty quickly although of course i played it on the easiest difficulty i just wanted to see the story i think it probably took me about five hours four to five hours okay. Uh, which is pretty meaty for a fighting game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then, then there's, there's like daily towers you can do. And um, some of these towers, they need, you need to bring a certain items like RPG style. You need to bring like, a potion or something to help you. And the battles are so difficult that some of them are impossible to beat without the items, but the <laughs> items are consumables. So they're like, like, Oh, well I need to beat this dungeon in Zelda. I need the hook shot. Why yeah. have the hookshot infinitely? It's like, oh, no, you have to remember to bring the hookshot. You have one use of the hookshot. If you miss, you got to go back and find another one. Gosh. 
And some of this stuff comes from the crypt. So have uh, fun going back to the crypt oh, and the random no. items to get. Uh, so, I mean, it, I guess it adds to the replayability, but at an annoying level and not if you want to go back and keep playing it. Again, if you're a hardcore fighting game fan, like this is what you play. You'll sit there and you will play Mortal Kombat 11 for the next four months competitively online. Um, then, then none of this should even be an issue. But if you're just super casual, you just want to experience it and move on. Um, then they, yeah, that's, that's something that I've decided it wasn't worth my time. I have too many other games in the backlog. However, I do recommend the game. I did have a lot of fun. I think the fighting is very, very fluid. It, it worked. It was responsive. It was very impressive on the switch. Hmm. Um, and of course, since they've done an update, it's even better. My biggest complaint is because midway or, or Warner brothers now, I should say, uh, was cheap and used the smallest card and cheapest card possible. There was a, I think it took me like three hours to download the update when you put in the game. <laughs> so I didn't even get to play the game for like three hours after wow. popping it in. Wow. So that was kind of disheartening. Like just, just, I would pay another $10 to have a bigger card and have all this stuff on there. And I know I'm not alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. So because like the last, I think, Mortal Kombat game I played was maybe three ultimate. Um, so it's been a while. Um, are, do they keep the, the controls the same like they do with Street Fighter? Because I've been staying up on top of Street Fighter stuff or yeah. do they change it? Okay. No, like, you know, if you did Sub-Zero's uh, freeze move in Mortal Kombat 1, the, the Hadouk in the quarter circle, it's still the same. Uh, Raiden's, you know, his fly across the screen is still the same. You know, the spear from Scorpion. Um, those are all the same and you actually get different move sets you can and here's another thing like they try to make this as in-depth as possible and it kind of i feel overcomplicates it and what i mean by that like in smash brothers like if you want to be mario with the american hat from us open or nes open uh you just press r until you hit it great well so you unlock a new skin in sub-zero let's say it's uh, the classic skin like oh i want to be classic sub-zero you can't just push R. You have to go in. You have to set your character profile, and you get like eight character profiles per character, and make this classic Sub Zero. Put what moves you want there, and like you build the whole character, which is cool in a concept. But for casual, I just want to go through the costumes, uh, and there's there's something like a hundred and something costumes, like different character models, and and there's uh, maybe more. There's like twenty. It feels like twenty per character, so there's definitely more, um, and it's like overkill. And like some of them come from the crypt, some of them from doing different objectives. Uh, another negative thing that I did notice, and I will just say this quickly, is when going through the story, like when you beat missions or you beat like fights in the story, you get rewards, you get costumes, you get money, you get all this stuff, which is cool. Well, I played the story in two parts. I did the, I did all I could in the first part, and then I went to bed. I left my put my switch in sleep mode. I came back, put my switch back up, and did the next fight. And when I did the fight, when, when I came back, I noticed it had disconnected from the server. And when I did the fight, I didn't get any rewards. I was like, what the heck? So I did another fight, and again, I didn't get the rewards. I closed the program, rebooted it, and sure enough, now I got rewards. So you need to be online to get rewards, which is really weird because you can't go back and get those rewards if you're offline, or at least I wasn't able to for those fights. So I was like, oh, are you serious? And the game did crash for me several times, especially in the crypt. Same areas, too. 
it just like fatal error occurred back to the home screen. So I don't know if it was a problem with the cart because most of it is downloaded anyways, or if it's just was a bug that maybe they've fixed since then. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that was another deter for me with the crypt. Like after so many times of it crashing on me, I'm like, you know, <laughs> not worth it done. Yeah. Wow. Huh. That's interesting. Hmm. So it sounds like it's not, incredibly built for the casual player so i'll probably stay away from it um because uh, i'm definitely an incredibly casual player of i would say don't get it right now i would say if you have time later and it's like 20 bucks or less yeah. uh, it's definitely worth it i mean just for the story the, the crazy story the the gore is is insane to see you know in a nintendo game <clears throat> uh but yeah like although the story kind of does a giant fu as well <laughs> and i'm not going to spoil anything but it's it does have one of those those stories that at the end you're either going to absolutely love where they go or you're going to be like seriously <laughs> like really oh my god but i don't want to spoil it yeah well we'll see yeah i uh, i know greg was uh planning on getting it as well so we'll see uh when it comes on um depending on where we're at in the podcast, if we'll have any thoughts on it as well. Um, my time over the last uh, week or a couple weeks um, have, ha I thought I was going to have more time to play. So actually uh, I did an opposite uh, of you. Um, I've had more time recently um, in the past weeks to, to play more games and everything this past week. I thought I was going to have more time and I didn't um, even in my travels and stuff. I was, I, I, I took my switch with me. <laughs> it was on, I was gone for like a whole week and had a couple flights and some time in the airport and everything. And I spent uh, zero amount of time on the switch the whole time. I, I never even opened the case and got it out. Um, but, uh, but while I've been home and everything, I've been playing a lot more rocket league. Um, surprise, surprise, but I did go ahead and buy the, the premium rocket pass this last time. And so it just got me to play a lot more too. Um, so I, been able to get a lot more bonuses and and stuff uh this time around um and this time it, it's i don't know if you've played around with the rocket pass stuff at all but um you basically get a, a bunch of um goodies and stuff when you you reach different levels and now with with the third one they have challenges uh in there as well that that add to your um your xp so not only are you leveling up each time you level up in the game you also get more um points or xp toward your your rocket pass level up um when you complete these different challenges so it kind of gives you different things and, and and i'm trying out different things because i'm not a big fan of uh, a couple other special modes but one of the challenges was to win two games in one of the special modes so it made me play it and so um i realized it was like oh okay this isn't act actually as bad as i thought it was before i'm, I'm getting the hang of it um so that's that's been cool it's gonna get me to explore different aspects of, of the game but uh but yeah we actually do have a um if you're a rocket league fan uh you listen to the podcast we do have um a clan on there too just search for nintendo fuse i don't i don't know if i can share that out or what um i don't really do a whole lot in there uh with with the the club but um but it is available so if you can you can find us um you can you can join i think right now it's just uh blake and me in there because um, we haven't really done anything with it but um yeah so um Jakester is talking about the the sixty four gig switch cartridge. He doesn't get, get why it, it's that expensive. I yeah, I think we agree. It doesn't 
really makes sense why it's that expensive and and why a lot of the uh, the companies are basically forced if to if they want to to save money they have to go with the the smaller cartridge. So it's it's really unfortunate. It makes you have a, a three hour. I don't download. think they're forced to. <clears throat> well, I think I they're just trying to increase forced. their profit, yeah. and they can make more money this way, and while appeasing the physical collectors. Um, but I don't know how many people remember this, but back in the uh, the PS1 Saturn uh, uh, 64 uh, generation, a game would come out on PS1 and N64 at the same time, and the PS1 one was like 40 bucks, and the N64 one was like $80, um, because the CD cost nothing to print, and those N64 cartridges were expensive. And the N64 cartridges still sold. <clears throat> you know, we, we still bought them. Mm-hmm. So I think... If you were to just charge an extra ten dollars, and then some games do, they call it the switch tax. Right. <clears throat> some games do have that extra ten dollars. People buy it. People will buy it. Even yeah. if they said, you know what, get, why don't you take a survey? Would you guys like to pay sixty dollars for the game and have a three-hour download, and all, you know the rest, the rest on the card, or would you like to pay even twenty dollars more? Let's say eighty dollars for the game, but all of it's on the card. I think the majority of people will say $80 for the game because if anyone wants it physically, they're going to want the whole thing anyways. If you don't care about physical media, uh, then you're going to download it and you're going to pay the $60 to download it regardless. That's not going to change the digital price. So I think you should, you know, let us get a choice. True. Yeah. Well, let's move into uh, a little more discussion. Uh, so back on uh, May 10th, so a whole, uh, what was that, like um, three days ago, uh, uh, Detective Pikachu hit the theaters uh, a week later than it did in Japan. It hit uh, last the week before in, uh, in Japan, but here in the United States, we, we got it on May 10th. And um, yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with this game, uh, the game, the movie, we don't really talk about movies too often uh, here on the podcast. So I'm, I'm stuck on games. So if you're unfamiliar with the movie, it, it's loosely based on the the video game of, of the same name of Detective Pikachu. Uh, but it's uh, by, directed by Rob Letterman and uh, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds as uh, Detective Pikachu and also Justice Smith, uh, Catherine Newton, and uh, a host of other uh, great actors. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it came out this, uh, just this last week at the end of last week. Uh, Barry, did you get a chance to see it? I did not. Uh, this weekend was pretty busy for me. Uh, we do want to see it. Uh, hopefully we could see it by next weekend, but yeah, we just, we've heard great things about it, but I have not seen it yet. I did. Um, and it was cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And, um, I think, uh, I, Actually, Jakester um, said said this in the chat. He said he recommends it to fans of uh, Pokemon and newcomers, and I think that's really that's a really good uh, summary of what my recommendation is too. I think it's good for those people that love Pokemon, and you're going to catch so many different references and Easter eggs throughout this entire movie. Um, but for those newcomers. Um, that don't really know a whole lot about it at all. I think uh, it's it's a great movie. So my wife and I both saw it, and um, and I know a lot more about po- uh, Pokemon than she does, um, but not nearly as much as some you know hardcore Pokemon fan. And so um, we we both really really enjoyed it. Um, my wife thought uh, Pikachu was just adorable the whole time, and um, all the other Pokemon and everything. She was just awing and and doing her you know thing that what she does when when she 
sees animals that are cute and Pokemon that are cute and things like that the whole time through. She's like, Oh, um, but, uh, but yeah, it was a heartwarming story. It was, it's a family friendly story. Um, so if you, if you're listening and you are a younger kid or you have younger kids, um, this is something that you can take your family to go see. Um, one of the, the casual comments I saw online, um, which I thought was really funny was someone said, um, I can't take this movie seriously. So I'm just going to wait till it comes on Netflix. I was like, this movie is not meant to be taken seriously. (laughs) It's, it's just a fun family friendly movie, um, with a, with a good heartwarming story. And that's really, that's all it is. Don't take it for anything more serious than that. Um, but if that's what you're looking for, um, that's based around, uh, Pokemon, it's, it was fun. I, I really, I had a, I had a great time with it and it's, it's built around this. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers or anything like that, but it's, it's built around this, this kid. Um, he's like in a, a young adult and in the movie, I think he's maybe somewhere around 20 years old or something like that. And, um, and uh, his, his estranged father uh, goes missing and it's up to detective Pikachu and, and him to, to figure out what happened and what's going on. Uh, with the world and, uh, and, and what happened to his dad and, and all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, I, it was, it was fun. It's a, like I said, it was a heartwarming story in in the end and everything too. That and, sounds very similar yeah. to the game itself. Cause I played through part of the game and mm-hmm. that was the basic storyline for that too. Yeah. And they, they really did. Um, I didn't play the game, but I've read a lot about the game and heard of the people talk. And I think it, it, there is, there's a lot of tie in, but it's so, not the exact same thing. Like, does you it don't, have a palms with like lying on the ground that look dead and it looks like they got blood all over them, but it's really just ketchup. Um, they don't have that, but there are th- that they do. They're definitely involved. I'll just say. Well, I know. That. I know they're in the yeah. story. Yeah. But like, like one of the first things you do is you have to find out what happened to this apom, and it's lying there, and it's like it looks like it's dead and bleeding, and it's all ketchup all over it instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not quite that, but but uh, but there is something that happens to them at the very beginning that you got to figure out why and and what's going on. So I think okay. if you are if you have played the game, you're going to catch a lot of stuff. You're going to know what's basically going on there, but uh, but not everything. Now, here's a question. Since you saw this movie, does it make you want to pick up the 3DS and play through the game? You know, um, I haven't thought about that. So that's, this is the first time I, I didn't even pose that question to myself. So I guess my, my gut reaction says no. I have not thought about even picking it up, um, mostly because I don't actually own the game. I think if I, if I had access to it really quick and everything, I probably would. Um, but to, did it has it caused me or has it made me go out and want to go out and buy it and play it? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, unless, unless someone can prove to me, they're like, it's a different experience and it's worth, it's, it's a different enough experience and it's worth it. Um, then no, because I just, I feel like I got enough of what that story was about in, in a two hour movie instead. Understandable. Now, did you hear about, uh, the incident that happened with Detective Pikachu over in Canada. With the I don't theater. think I did. There I, was, I heard about uh, the movie being leaked online. No, no. There was a movie theater in Canada. Uh, this was tweeted about. Uh, actually, uh, Screen Rant, uh, Ryan George tweeted this live because he was there with his kids. And when the, the movie started, they started with the trailers. And the first trailer that came on was Annabelle Comes Home. 
Then was the new Joker trailer, and finally the new Chucky trailer. And at this point, kids are like crying and stuff. Like, what what's going on? And apparently, the next thing is the movie starts, and it's the Curse of La Llorona, which is a new horror movie. And that movie apparently starts with a mother drowning her child. Um, so naturally, at this point, kids are screaming, crying. Parents are furious. They stopped the movie. They wound up. They wound up. You know, obviously moving everybody to another theater where Detective Pikachu is playing, giving free movie passes and all that. But meanwhile, this was a night showing, I believe. So kids are now gonna have nightmares, and, <laughs> and parents are furious. And and of course, there are some adults that don't like horror films. So now they're really like, what the heck is going on? Uh, so all these kids, family evening out <laughs> in Canada, and, and they get all this horror stuff going. Oh on. man, no, I had. <laughs> heard about that's awful because yeah we my wife and i were like other than the other parents in the room we were by far the oldest uh people in the theater <laughs> watching the movie it was like the five o'clock showing or whatever we got you know the nice and you know simple um uh trailers and everything for ours the ones that are intended to be there but that's that's hilarious and and sad all at the same time <laughs> yeah i uh yeah you can look it up online uh, the tweets are out there with the video and you can see like he has video on twitter uh with the movie playing when the trailer's playing and you can hear the kids like screaming and stuff and it's like he's laughing the whole time about it like oh you know like this is this is hilarious this is actually happening um but yeah it's it's funny after the fact i feel for those kids i feel for those parents that have to deal with that if i was in that situation and it was my kids that were now like traumatized or really upset like i'd be more furious but because i'm divorced from that situation i can laugh at it um but yeah it is terrible at the same time oh man yeah well the the real version of detective pikachu is incredibly family friendly so you don't have to worry about that at all but that's wow yeah i i agree that's it's really sad but kind of funny as well um Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully you get to see it, uh, Detective Pikachu. Do you have plans to, to go see it or are you just going to? Nothing concrete. Um, it all depends. Uh, it really depends on my wife's schedule. She was supposed to be uh, working from home for the next few months because her her place of business, uh, they're doing reconstruction. They're merging a couple buildings or a couple sites into one. So they're doing a lot of construction. And on her first week that she was supposed to be home, they they called her in. They're like, hey, you know, come on in. We have a you know meeting you need to be here for. And they promoted her, which is great. But now that she has a whole bunch of other stuff, so now her what she thought was going to be an easier schedule is now, you know, packed full. So yeah. I'm not going to yeah. see it without her. So I'm just like, all right, we'll have to find time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, We've unfortunately, it's a similar story, actually, to a couple of people. We were <laughs> just a coincidence. We've been talking to some of the people to add to our, our Nintendo Fuse team, and and a couple of them uh, have actually gotten uh, promotions as well, which um, has made their schedules tougher, and so they haven't been able to jump on our team yet. But, um, yeah, good news, bad news <laughs> sort of situations yeah. there. Yeah, so do, it, do we plan to? Yes. Do we have concrete plans to? Not yet. Um, but hopefully we get some time. We like to hit matinees, which, of course, hurts because we can usually only do that in the weekends. And we do have plans on the weekends, usually in the mornings, to go to the gym with friends. So I was like, uh, we'll figure out some time to do it. Yeah. Well, one of the things that that I noticed in, in this in this movie was that the, the CGI was actually really good. Um, there were only a couple times where I noticed that it was a little off, usually when... Um, 
uh, I'm blanking on that. Tim is the main character. When he was like holding Pikachu, I was like, mm, that doesn't exactly look quite right. But but 98% of, of the CGI was actually really impressive, um, which kind of just leads me, before we jump into any of the other game uh, news, just kind of speculate a little bit. What, what do you think this the success of this movie, which I think it had success. It hasn't, it didn't top um, in game by any means. Um, but I think overall it's a really successful movie. Yeah. I think right now it's uh, sitting at like 70 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it might be higher by now. It um, was the number one domestic opening for a video game movie of all time. Cool. So, so what do you think that, that might uh, translate into in the future for Nintendo and, and movies? Like, would you think we'll see more uh, and, and better video game movies or, or what do you think? Because in my opinion, this is one of the only video game movies that I've ever said, yeah, this is good from the very beginning, not because of based on nostalgia or anything like that. This is actually just a really good movie. And we don't get to say that very often about video game movies. <laughs> I think anything can translate well to the big screen if it's written well, if it's directed well, if it's shot well, and if it's acted well. And I think that, and edited well too. I mean, like, that goes without saying. Um, do I think that this will help instill confidence in Nintendo? Yes, I, I certainly do, because I know uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, was the polar opposite. It, it actually stopped them from lending out their IP and doing anything with their IP because it was such a disaster. So hopefully, you know, I, I do think this is going to have that opposite effect. Uh, where it goes from here, will there be a Detective Pikachu 2? Uh, that's possible. Will we see... Uh, we know the Mario movie's coming um, from Universal, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I know, like, Brie Larson has stated that she wants to do Samus movie. Um, we'll see where that goes. Uh, honestly... I think the sky's the limit. I think it's a very untapped market. I know that there's a stigma, a negative stigma based on the previous video game movies. And I'm fairly certain a certain blue hedgehog is probably going to bring that stigma back. Um, although the director is, is talking about how they're going to redo, redo them. So that, that's a good sign. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see it go places. I know some people have joked about like a Smash Brothers, like a like an MCU style deal, Detective Pikachu, Sonic, mm -hmm. and then moving on to a, eventually Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be awesome. But I don't think Nintendo is aiming to copy what Marvel's done, like certain properties like DC and Universal are. Um, I think they look at the movies as just a side thing, as just a eh, whatever kind of deal. They're not invested in it. They're they're almost divorced of it. They're like, you know, you, you guys do it. Just make sure it's good. But, uh, yeah, I hope so. I really, really hope so. And uh, I guess only time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jigster says he hopes that it uh, gives uh, Sonic some advice on how to actually pull off a good movie. Uh, yeah. I I don't really know how this the Sonic movie go, is going to go. I, I do hope that the uh, they do change some things uh, that need to be changed, but uh, I guess we'll see how that one turns out. But I hope it doesn't uh, it doesn't send us back into the negative, like you, like you said, the, the you know the impressions that people have had for a long time about video game movies. Um, Julio Julio uh, yeah can't read Julio Chavez is joining us. Uh, just. Uh, Normally doesn't get to catch us live, but uh, but he has a small window today. So thanks for joining us, Julio. Um, be great to always great to talk with all you guys in the chat during our live stream. Uh, so let's let's 
turn the page just a little bit. Um, still talking about Pokemon uh, because DNA, um, the company that Nintendo has partnered with for their mobile outings, their mobile game outings, uh, has partnered with the, the Pokemon company. And right now, we uh, we basically have information that they're going to launch a new Pokemon game uh, before the end of the financial year, which is March 2020. So within the next year, we're going to see a DNA and Pokemon, I'm assuming, mobile game. Uh, and, uh, that's about all we know really, <laughs> um, that they're, they're bringing a different type of, of Pokemon game to, to mobile devices, most likely. Um, we've got the, the, you know, Pokemon go, uh, which was a, a runaway success. Um, I even played it this, this last weekend. I forgot that I, I played it for a little bit so I can get the detective Pikachu. Um, <laughs> so he's now my partner Pokemon in there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, what do you, what do you think about this Barry? Is uh, do you, I mean, this is total speculation at this point, but do you think this is a good move? Um, and what do you think this game could be like? Honestly, I think this is going to probably be a more traditional style Pokemon game. Uh, we've had quite a bit of mobile experiences with Pokemon besides Pokemon Go. You know, we had Pokemon Shuffle, we had Pokemon Duel, uh, we had Pokemon Magikarp Jump. So it's not unusual to see a mobile Pokemon game at this point. Uh, and honestly, all four of those titles have charm and they're good. Um, they're not, you know, be-all, end-all titles, but they're all worthy you know, to invest time into and to play. I think Nintendo has honestly been very smart with their mobile uh, strategy. I think they've been, you know, they, they haven't just been releasing shovelware. They haven't just been releasing, you know, oh, you know, let's just make a quick cash in uh, titles. They, they, they're really trying to capture the essence of, of their IP on, on mobile phones and in some cases, even creating their brand new IPs, uh, and they're they're partnering with with some good developers, and and while Nintendo themselves will not be directly involved, they'll be indirectly involved with the Pokemon company. I have enough faith that they're going to do something. I don't know if they can truly do like a Game Freaks, you know, mainline Pokemon style game. Uh, maybe they'll do something like a Pokemon Ranger. Or a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Uh, or Jaster's not going to be happy about that. He even mentioned that in the chat. I hope it's not <laughs> somehow Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> it might not. It might not. Just throwing this out there. It could be you know a Pokemon uh, spinoff game like Pokemon Dash uh, from the DS, or even Pokemon Snap. Maybe using your camera and doing something with Pokemon Snap. Uh, who knows? Uh, they've they've done you know good work so far. Uh, and obviously, it's all speculation at this point because we don't know anything. But coming out within a year, uh, that tells me they have some kind of idea already in mind, and and they must be working on it right now as we speak. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, you know, with the, we got a new um, Pokemon mainline game coming to Switch uh, really soon, and so I wonder, do you think it's to me it's sort of tie-in? I like that, that could be cool if it was uh, if it was tied into that, but I don't know. It could be. I mean, they did state they wanted their mobile titles to lead into Switch or 3DS titles. And uh, this this very well could be trying to keep that momentum going. I mean, Pokemon Go had such a momentum. And then as it, you know, it, it helped Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon 
and then the let's go games and and now uh you know sword and shield so why not keep the momentum going yeah that's true uh well let's let's turn a little bit to uh to e3 uh because uh you know hopefully maybe one of those things we'll get to, to hear more about is pokemon short and shield in just uh, a month basically uh almost like is it right at a month less, less than a month less, actually less than a month away um so e3 is almost here and nintendo has actually outlined their plans uh for e3 2019 and uh essentially it's pretty similar to what they've done in the past um one of the things that they're doing this year is they're actually starting earlier um so they've had uh Splatoon 2 and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate tournaments that have been going on for a while now. And the finals of those tournaments um, are, are typically the, the ultimate or the, the world championships have been at the end of E3 or, or in the middle of E3 the last couple of years. They've kind of tagged it on uh, to the week of. But this year, they're, uh, they're actually moving it to the weekend before. So June 8th, they're actually going to wrap up both of those tournaments um, in the world championships. And you can watch it um, both live uh, there um, online, or you can actually, if you're uh, in, around Los Angeles, you can go to the Ace Hotel and uh, and watch those uh, live. The Splatoon tournament two tournament is going to start at 11 a.m. on Pacific uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time on June 8th, and the Smash Brothers tournament is basically going to be right after that, uh, which is approximately 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time that day, um, and then. Um, the Nintendo Direct is going to be back again, so they're going to continue with their uh, their online presentation. No live show there at uh, at E3 like they've done for the last several years now, and that's going to be at 9 a.m. Pacific on June 11th. So that'll be that Tuesday, um, which is their normal time spot uh, time slot that they uh, they have. That uh, we have no word on how long it's going to be, but we do know that it's going to focus um, only on software. Um, they've said that it's not going to be a, a hardware um, presentation. It's going to be a software presentation. And then the Treehouse Live is going to be available um, after that, that day, and then all day on June 12th and all day on June 13th as well. So the Treehouse crew is going to be around uh, to show off a lot of the games that they've talked about during the Direct, uh, give us some more information like they normally do, um, have some interviews with the developers and, and things like that. It's kind of find out some behind-the-scenes sort of things, which is always uh, it's a great time. It's a very casual sort of thing. So if you're familiar with what they've done before, this is very similar. Um, and the last thing, uh, they'll also have the booth on, on the floor, but the last thing that they're actually adding that is new, so any of the public that, that actually comes to E3 and you're there um, for the presentation or for the, the event itself, uh, you can actually, um, if you're a Nintendo account member, uh, you can sign up for a, uh, a thing that they're calling a uh, warp pipe pass which basically allows you to skip some lines and get a dedicated time to, to play some of the games, um, which I think is great. I think is cool, but it's interesting that they kind of took a, a front row center almost <laughs> to their, their press release. So like that's a cool thing, but I don't know if I, if that's worthy of like a huge announcement like this. Um, but it's kind of cool that, uh, that you don't have to stand in line because if you've ever been to E3, um, you know, or if you've talked to anybody that's been to E3, you know that uh, the lions are one of the worst things about E3, um, other than the sickness and and all the that stuff that you can get the E3 flu. Um, but uh, apart from the sicknesses, the lions are horrible. And so, for the general public, um, if you've bought tickets, you can actually uh, get a, a warp pipe pass and kind of bypass all that. So, um, 
Barry, you got any thoughts about what they're doing at E3 this year? Do you do you like this? Do you think it's uh, you think it's enough? Uh, yeah, just general thoughts. I mean, it's it's as safe as safe can be. It's exactly if you asked this question last week before they revealed this and said, "Hey, what do you think they're going to be doing?" I would have told you virtually the exact same thing, just may not maybe not in the same order. Uh, obviously, the warp pipe pass is new. But that's for people who are there. It has no effect for the rest of us that are not there. Um, it's it's exactly what they need to be doing. It's 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 taking the mantra: if it ain't broke, don't fix it, kind of deal. It's been successful for them. Uh, this is the what third E three now that switch is going to be, you know, present. It worked the first two. Why not keep it going? Uh, the one thing it's not going to have, at least not in the same. Uh, presence is Reggie. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be missing the Reginator, and uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see uh, if they bring him in at all, just, just for you know, just to say hi, or if they invite him as a special guest, or, or if his loss is felt in the presentation. Mm. I mean, he hasn't point. done Nintendo Directs in a while, but he's done the E3 ones. That's true. I wonder if they're going to start off with, uh, with bowser being animated somehow and uh connected with you know doug bowser and the new new president if they'll like they'll play off on that or what yeah they could i mean who knows they've done the robot chicken stuff they've done the mega 64 stuff they've done the puppets uh you really can't count anything out they had that the animated video when the 3ds was shown and bowser roasted uh, Reggie's face and Awada got sucked into the 3DS. So anything's possible. You just can't count on anything with them. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about our predictions and, and stuff in our next podcast. Uh, but kind of any any further speculation? Like, what do you what do you think? Uh, just in general, we're we're gonna see it in the the Nintendo Direct and and possibly the the Treehouse itself. Um, anything that you're like really like apart from like i said our, our predictions that our next show um anything that you're you're really really hoping for uh i'm not gonna get too specific <coughs> because i do want to save some of that for for next uh podcast but i will say i will i'm hoping for some good surprises mm-hmm. uh, as always but I'm, I'm hoping for more than you know one or two like you know, like last Nintendo Direct, they threw two surprises, real big surprises at us, right? The opening with Mario Maker 2 and right at the end with Link's Awakening were made. Um, I want to see, and, and of course, Astro Chain too, right at the end there too. So really three surprises too were huge, you know, because of Nintendo IP and one a brand new IP. Uh, I'd like to see more of that, as I think most people would. Uh, in addition to updates on you know existing games that we're worrying, wondering about, like Metro Prime Four and Bayonetta Three, uh, I want to see less focus on stuff like Fire Emblem because I think Fire Emblem comes out like a month, less than a month after or so. Like, like don't talk about it. It's so close to launch. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've already you've already gotten that. Give us some new stuff. Uh, I hope like last last year's. I enjoyed, but I know if you weren't a fan of Smash Brothers, you got like 15 minutes worth of stuff, and then it was all Smash Brothers. So I do hope that it does, you know, doesn't focus on one title too long. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't, 
want, uh, I'd rather I almost have a 25 minute video that focused on everything within three to four minutes tops versus a 45 minute video that focused on five things with mm-hmm. 20 minutes each or something like that. You know, like, like leave some anticipation, give me a good trailer, give me some gameplay footage, give me some details, wet my appetite, but don't overload it. Especially if it's like, Hey, this is coming out in the, in the summer or, or in the summer and in, in the fall or winter, or even 2020, like, don't 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 make me so hyped that I now have to agonizingly wait, you know, a half a year to a year. Do just enough to whet my appetite. Mm-hmm. Like what they did with Zelda was perfect. With with uh, Link's Awakening was perfect. What they did with Mario Maker Two that was perfect. We don't need a hunt like go into every little bit of detail. Uh, just wet the appetite and move on. And if they can do like the headlines that they do, but with every one of those being a big hitting thing, uh, I think that'd be amazing. That, that could be for sure. Hey, uh, Greg, how's it going? Hey, good. <laughs> I guess I got right in time for Barry's rant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he that wasn't he's, a rant. I had any rants yet. Yeah. It's like, no, no fire emblem. That's a rant. <laughs> no, that's a I rant. just don't want to see things that are coming out like right. Like, like I don't want to see Mario Maker 2 there. Like, let it be on the show floor, but I don't I don't think it's necessary to put it in the E3 direct when it comes out in, like, two two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, people are already sold on Mario Maker 2. We don't need it taking up, especially when they say, hell, it's only 35 minutes. And if they put five minutes to Fire Emblem and five minutes to Mario Maker 2, two games that are coming out within a month or so, that's, that's like, a thir- almost a third of the presentation of E3, our Christmas in, ju- in June, taken up by games we already sold on. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think at least in Fire Emblem's case, I think they've shown off very little of the game, though. But they had, like, the no, it wasn't the last Direct. It was, what was the last Direct where they had, like, a huge chunk, like, devoted to Fire Emblem. It was, like, it felt like 10 to 15 minutes or so. And we still don't Fire know much Emblem. about it, which is funny, because they dedicated a lot of time. We, there's still so much unknown. <laughs> I don't think anything else needs to be said. If you're a Fire Emblem fan, you're going to get the game anyways. They already devoted so much to it. Yeah, I'm not saying you need to like go like super in depth like Smash Brothers last year, but for them to like not mention it at all, I don't think that's really going to happen. I, I think it should be a headline. Hey, as a reminder, Fire Emblem comes out next, you know, in, in next month. You yeah, know, here's, here, here's, here's the a reminder trailer. of, of here, <laughs> not even a trailer. Here's a reminder of it. Just a reminder. Or you know what? I have a feeling they're going to show Fire Emblem at the Treehouse. And I think that's where it needs to be. I don't think it needs to be in the E3 di- uh, presentation that's direct. I think it needs that's to be true. in the treehouse. Because in a way, they really do. I think we talked about this last year, too, in, in our recaps. But um, just how the what Treehouse really does for them is it, is it takes that that hour-long or two-hour-long presentation that a lot of the, the companies did for so long, and it basically extends it over three days. So you get to see all the trailers, the big stuff, the – Bang it all out, all the big announcements, make a lot of hype around it. And then all the gameplay and all the talks and everything about it, they get to last over the next basically three days, two and a half days of doing that instead of trying to cram it all in a two hour session that, you know, does it kind of bores some people depending on if you like the game or not. And so they can really expand upon it over those next few days. Yeah, like Mario Maker 2 is going to be at the treehouse. They're going to show it off, they're going to remind people, they're going to show off levels and stuff. But it really, outside of a 10-second period or so, just to mention it, remind people it's coming out, 
I don't really think it needs to be there in the, in the presentation. Um, as long as it, it, you know, it doesn't take away from something else. Like, oh, yeah. we're only going to make this 40 minutes and we could talk about this brand new game or even this lesser known game that people don't know about or, or that we haven't even talked about yet. Uh, or we could talk about Mario Maker 2 that comes out in two weeks. Okay, let's talk about Mario Maker 2 instead. Like, no, like, like yeah. that's what you have the treehouse for. Yeah, yeah. Greg, any uh, any thoughts about what Nintendo is doing this year for for E3? It's uh, like we've talked about already. It's basically the same as what they've done in the past years. The dates have switched around, like for the tournaments, and they've added this warp pipe pass for people that are you know there live. But uh, so not a whole lot of, of you know new things this year. Um, any thoughts about about that? I pretty much think that they'll probably just stay true to the course. I mean. I know as much as Barry probably hates to hear it, but I think that they'll still be covering the games that come out in just whatever month's time. They always are pushing the the games that are coming out and within the next year or so. So unfortunately, Mario Maker 2 does come out. It might have a new trailer. It could probably show off a really cool feature like co-op or two-player mode. That's been a commonly requested feature. You can't exactly just announce that in the middle of Treehouse where not everyone's attention might be at that precise moment but again i mean i'm not saying devote 15 minutes and do a smash brothers like super in depth of mario maker and go through all the building tools and everything like that no that's definitely not but i wouldn't think like a new like one or two minute trailers out of the question that shows some of the new features that they haven't announced yet I that would be as far as it would take it one or two minutes yeah. i think would be fine but anything else like longer i think would be overkill yeah, and that's why I think Fire Emblem will probably have a trailer as well. Um, maybe Animal Crossing, probably. Um, I would imagine Link's Awakening, the remake, will probably have another trailer. I mean, well, don't go too in depth. I mean, obviously, we're doing that. We're doing that next <laughs> next podcast. Yeah. yeah, but uh, well, I'm not but, yeah, be I think <laughs> that's true. Um, but I think you got a point, though, Gray. I think it's uh, while like very, you know, you're talking a lot about what you would hope. We also have to base it in reality. So <laughs> that's what Greg is saying too. Like, and that like even though this is what how we would like this this direct to go, th- we also know Nintendo typically does stick to their guns and a lot of this stuff. And so even though it, maybe we don't really need more than just a, a headline, hit it, and move on, um, Nintendo does sometimes spend more time on on some of those announcements than they need to you know it's funny because like i I do a lot of live uh reaction watching for directs i i I just find it fascinating to see people's reactions uh and it's funny when like a case like this will happen and nintendo will be like all right here's now mario maker 2 like after the fact like we know and people say oh what's this what's oh it's that game i already know like you just see like them get hyped and deflate like so quickly like oh it's just that like we already know about that like i don't care about it like yeah. or even well, yeah, if i, I mean, about it like i want to see something else <laughs> i mean obviously in the perfect world you'd get every single game would be a new game but that's not really the reality of the way nintendo approaches it i mean yeah i wonder if i wonder if nintendo actually does watch those videos because i mean that's really one of the ways that they can see how the public is reacting to them not only just the you know the the articles and stuff like that that goes out after and the news news postings and stuff but uh, those live reactions are really a, a way to see how the general public and the devoted fans really are are reacting to not only their announcements but how they're announcing it well yeah i mean i 
also want to jump in. I mean, even on Metroid Prime 4, I mean, you'd see so many reaction videos, everyone's cheering and clapping, and then there'd be some other reaction videos like, where's the gameplay? Why is mm-hmm. it just a title screen? Where's the, show me the gameplay? And then you have these really negative Nancys out there that are just like, have to see like the gameplay, and they're just trying to make a cool announcement. So You're right. always going to get that, sadly. Right, which is true. Yeah, a lot of them just are going to, and they're going to, re- some people are going to react in certain ways just to get the views as well, so... <laughs> Um, speaking of which, let's talk uh, briefly about our, our E3 plans. So we got Nintendo's E3 plans. Let's talk about our E3 plans. Uh, so one of the the things that that uh, we're going to do this year is our podcast uh, plans. Uh, as you guys know, uh, we, we record every other week. And so last year, uh, we recorded podcasts the week before and the week after, just the way the calendar uh, landed up that year um but this year we actually uh, our our podcast is set to record the week of uh e3 this year and so we're actually going to push it to tuesday um so that we can uh recap all the stuff that happened to so the tournaments um all the other announcements and, and stuff from all the other game companies and and also nintendo's direct as well so uh we're going to push the next podcast it's going to be uh look at the calendar here not on june 10th it would normally be on june 10th it'd That's be on the june, next podcast. june 11th oh so Sorry, yeah, that that podcast. So our next one is is in a couple of weeks, but but that particular one, uh, which would be uh, episode uh, one seventy six, um, will be uh, yeah on that Tuesday instead of the Monday, so that we can spend the entire time uh, recapping and discussing um, all the announcements from from E three. Um, and one of the things uh, that I kind of before we get into the further announcements i I forgot to bring this up um is that we know that sony is not doing their typical thing as well um i i think barry you said that uh there's another company that's that's taking their spot yeah i think square enix is taking their time slot so like uh what do you think this is do you think sony bowing out and then nintendo is not bowed out but they they've changed you know several years ago they switched to the direct uh model and everything sony doing something different um who knows what microsoft's going to do do you think this is a trend or do you think this is this is how it's going to be what do you think uh greg i i don't know i almost (laughs) i mean i really do love seeing like the shows and everything but i think like Nintendo's approached it from like a smarter like cost perspective and makes it easier for everyone to see. And I think Sony is probably a try on board to try this out to see how they get their reactions. I mean, maybe they'll be back full force next year. I don't know, but I think this is like their year to try it out. And depending on their level of success, then who knows, maybe Microsoft might be pursuing this kind of route on their own as well. I mean, I know a lot of companies are trying to do like direct to consumer like relations and this is usually the way to do it. I mean, you can really speak to like all your fans and they can all watch and tune in live to the video that you set out and Nintendo's been doing that for quite a while with the directs and I guess maybe it's slowly starting to turn that way, but it's kind of unfortunate because E3 is a time where we all look forward to the greatest games and newest ones are coming out and all the announcements and if Sony's not going to really be announcing anything at that time, then it's kind of like almost a blow to E3 in general. So oh. I wouldn't want to see that to go down. I kind of liked watching the E3s over the years. So Yeah, that's true. Barry, what do you think about this, uh, what the, the plans are with, with Sony and, and where this might go? Um, I think Sony is doing a little experimentation right now. They're doing their state of plays, which are essentially their Nintendo Directs just nowhere near as exciting um and 
I think Sony just doesn't have a lot to announce right now. That the PS4 is is in its twilight years. Um, the PS5 is certainly coming. Uh, and they they canceled PSX uh, last year. They didn't have enough to show, and that was costly. Those these are just costly shows. So I think they're going to see how E3 goes this year. They're going to see what they have up in store next year, and I think they will be back the following year, provided they have something to show off, something worthy to show off, a.k.a. they have the PS5. And then if they decide to only do E3 shows when they have a new hardware or new big things, um, I don't know. Sony, Sony the, the last year, made their their presentation far more expensive than they need to or needed to just for dramatics and atmosphere. And it was the most awkward of all shows <laughs> with the changing of the venues and everything going on. I, I don't see Microsoft bowing out, although if you really think about it, Microsoft doesn't really have a reason to bow out because they host it not at E3 technically, they host it in the Microsoft theater. So they own the theater. So why not, why not take advantage of it? And EA doesn't do theirs at E3. They do it at another theater. And so very, very few, I think maybe Ubisoft might be the only one and maybe Square and Square doesn't do it every year. They didn't do one last year. Uh, Square also only does it when they have stuff to show off. Uh, they will, uh, they're there. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be that much of a negative thing because I, th- I think it's more negative that Sony doesn't have space. Like they're skipping E3 entirely. Mm, like true. they don't have, they don't have show space. And I think people look at the press conferences as as the actual event and all those to actually take place before e3 starts and for us for those that are not actually physically there uh, it absolutely those are the event for us uh outside of like the treehouse we really don't get to experience anything that's on the show floor other than seeing people's videos of it but Mm -hmm. sony not even having a presence at the show not even taking that space uh that is a bigger blow to e3 in my opinion and I also think that's may not. I think that's and that's cocky Sony. I think that's PS2 era Sony, where they think they're untouchable and on top of the world, and they could do no wrong. And and I think they're making a mistake without at least having some presence on the show floor. Yeah. Well, it is weird that uh, Nintendo seems to have leaned in to the the presence in the show floor having the warp pipe pass i mean yeah it's not it's not something that uh that us you know that are not there um are going to be able to enjoy but but they've they've leaned into the general audience that are going to be there to give them another chance a better chance to to play these games and uh and as someone has been to you know greg and i have been to e3 in, in past years um i remember you know sony and and nintendo back-to-back booths and it was like this like very obvious competition thing there and it, it'd be so weird not to have the sony booth right next to the nintendo booth uh for sure uh, i want to go to the chat and uh only three penguins is saying that uh, it's partly because they have nothing further to show i'm um, talking of sony um for the ps4 but the ps5 is still too far out to give any uh real f- details for yet um which we've talked about um julio chavez saying that uh i think e3 is cool but the direct li- uh, lives uh, sorry, direct uh, lives work better, more 
more people get to uh, watch more cost effective uh, for the game companies. Word of mouth after the directs is how I hear most uh, about the games and things like that. Um, so which which does it is true a lot of times. Um, I think one of the things we've discussed in, in further or in, in uh, previous podcast is the one thing you miss is that crowd response. Uh, uh, you know, when things are announced in a live show, um, you don't get that crowd response of things and being there and having your hands on. Maybe maybe that's a thing in the past now. Um, you know, Nintendo Directs have been, you know, pretty successful um, in, in possibly overcoming that sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, Only Three Penguins is also saying consider that there's never been a Nintendo Direct that is uh, been disastrously received as the worst of their older E3 conference shows, which is is kind of true. I mean, I we uh, Greg, were you there with me um, the uh, for the the infamous the now infamous um, Mario uh, the the fireworks um, part of uh, Nintendo's presentation? The land, yeah. The no, I, I don't think I was there for that. It was the okay. one I went to was for more Smash Brothers for Wii U. Oh, right. Yes. That one was focused on that. Yeah. So that was, yeah, I was there uh, in person for that one. And that was, that was weird. And so we haven't, yeah, we haven't had a direct that's been, you know, that bad. And so overall, it seems like uh, the directs have, have been a good move. They've avoided the, uh, the, the really, really bad moves that they've done in the past with the live shows for sure. Well, I do enjoy like their more creativeness that they used to do, like with their, like the puppets and some like the animation styles and stuff like that. I really miss that. Those well, the puppets were the di- was a Nintendo Direct. Well, it was like the E three special thing, like where they were like dressed up as like the Star Fox guys and stuff. Yeah, but that was still a Nintendo Direct. That wasn't a live show. I understand that. I'm saying it. I miss those styles of the directs as opposed to just like the immediate trailers and headlines that they do. Right. Like, yeah. More, of a, more of a production oh, okay. quality. Yeah. They, they might do that again, though. Mm-hmm. You, you can't count them out on doing it. I mean, Reggie, Reggie is no longer there, and obviously Awad is not there, and maybe, maybe those are two of the figureheads that really push towards it. Um, but who knows? Maybe Bowser has a different taste and says, "Hey, you know, what, E3 is an American thing. Here's what I want to do." Yeah. I wonder if they actually had like the Bowser actually talking as Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> Greg and I were thinking alike. Actually, that's how, that's what I talked. I talked about that before you uh, before you jumped in. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting how they how they started off, and if they if they involve Reggie in it at all, or if he's just totally out of the picture now, and they just let Bowser um, run things, and or if it's like who knows how this is actually gonna how gonna look how it's gonna look this year. For sure, so I could sure open up that with uh, Super Mario Maker too. But <laughs> that's true. Get that out of the way so Barry doesn't have to think about it anymore. So. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Uh, just as a little, a uh, couple small things as we wrap up today. Uh, Tetris 99 uh, received an update. Oh, wait, before we jump on to Tetris 99, uh, we also are going to do a live reaction. Uh, forgot about uh, to announce that. So E3, we're going to uh, do a live reaction. We'll talk more details at our next podcast. Um, we are going to uh, post another live reaction uh, of us watching um, that as well. So we talked about you know, other, other uh, sites and other um, YouTube channels out there do live reactions. So we're also going to uh, to have a uh, a live reaction like we did last year, so you can see how uh, how we react to uh, if there is any Mario Maker stuff, and you know, see Barry just uh, you know upset and 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 you know in real time. So uh, 
and it was fire. a loud cheering for me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Multiple live reactions at the same time. They may be polar opposites. We'll see. Uh, but uh, okay, so enough E3 for now. Let's talk about uh, Tetris, Tetris 99. It got a uh, an update. Um, some of us had actually all of us, I'm pretty sure, had uh, had speculated about how um, it'd be cool. Eventually, Tetris 99 did get some updates and some different modes. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. So um, last week on May 9th, we got an update uh, that included a uh, big block DLC. Um, you can get it as a season pass for $9.99. And that includes two new updates right now. Uh, first of all, is uh, there's uh, a CPU battle. So it's basically the same thing as the online battle of the 99 uh, players, uh, the battle royale, except for you go against uh, computer players and, um, and marathon mode. So that's your basic, uh, basic single player Tetris mode has been added, but there's supposed to be more uh, modes coming later. So the the big block DLC is a season pass. So you'll get the the future uh, updates that they they do announce as well. So both of those modes, the the important thing is that both of those modes are offline modes. So right now, or up until last week, the uh, the game could only be played online, and if you have a Nintendo um, online account, but uh, now. Now the game can be played offline for the uh, CPU battle and the marathon mode. And also they brought back the, the third Maximus Cup, um, which uh, was, uh, was will be on May 17th or yeah, May 17th as well. And uh, and if you do get 100 points over that three day period, you're going to gain uh, a Game Boy uh, in in game theme for the game. So, uh, Barry, did you uh, did, actually I don't think any of us um, bought the the DLC. Is that correct, Greg? Did you get it all? No, I did not. I yeah. haven't even played the online version yet. Oh, really? <laughs> I downloaded it because I, I wanted to play it, but I haven't played it online yet. Yeah. So none, none of us have bought it. Um, let, let's talk about why. Why why haven't we bought it? <laughs> like, uh, Barry, what, why why not download the uh, the DLC for, for Tetris 99? If it was free, I would, but I, I played Tetris 99. I enjoyed it, um, but it was one of those I saw, I enjoyed, I moved on already. Um, if I want to play offline Tetris, I can, like marathon mode, I can do that on almost any system right now. Even I can even boot up my CDI and play offline Tetris. Like... If, uh, the marathon mode, or not the marathon, the, the, the against CPU with 99, um, that's that's interesting. But again, it's not $10 interesting, at least not to me, not right now. Um, yeah. That's just how I feel. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Greg, what do you think? Yeah, I do think it's overpriced to have the, at least the, <laughs> the center mode or just the marathon be charged separately. Because pretty much all the Tetris games have had that mode. And at least the most recent ones have had some form of multiplayer, I think, as well, too. So, mm. yeah, that's the that's the thing I think that might set me over if I have like events and stuff to go to. So back when I, I lived in New England and uh, and could go to PAX East and other events like that a lot more often, um, something like a, a local multiplayer, like a um, sort of thing like that could have convinced me to get that because I think of days back in like uh, Tetris DS and those great times where you like gather people together and play Tetris like that. That's awesome. But, uh, but right now I already can play online for free. I can't play against friends, 
um, because it's just random, which if they had that, that might convince me. Um, But the local multiplayer, that that could convince me if I have the right places to play. But but like you guys have said, Marathon, um, I I can play single-player Tetris on the other, like, 70 copies of Tetris that I have for other systems and on my phone and other things. So that's that's not really... um, that yet but that this 98 player you know cpu battle cool if i was really into online it could be a good way to practice um i could i could say like offline and do a lot of practice but i'm not into the game that much to be able to to buy a 10 dollar dlc just to practice uh for this so yeah as it stands right now i'm gonna still stay away from it um but if they add some different modes uh i i could I could see myself possibly being being tempted to get it uh, later down the line if they add the right modes, but not with these two. Yeah. I have to see some more about what's being included and, or if they're just going to continue to piecemeal it together and be like, Oh, those two modes are $10 and then you can buy local multiplayer mode and some other like Tetris attack for like $10. I mean, I really don't like the piecemeal like setting. Just give me the it's all not, the features. It's not. It's it's nine ninety nine for these two modes and every additional thing they add. So it's not really. It's piecemeal, but it's not. It's, you're paying that piece. You're not paying for piecemeal. But does yeah. it actually like save for like every update, or is it just like? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a season pass, so you get the, the all the future updates that they they haven't announced what they are yet, but uh, but it does say that it will cover the future updates. Oh, yeah, because I know from some seasons passes, it's just like, oh, here's season one, season pass. Uh, now <laughs> season two, seasons pass. So I, like, I, yeah, I, I get what you were coming from there for sure. Yeah, so, I think if they added all the uh, the the all the features and everything of Tetris DS and just basically recreated it on the switch. Um, that, that could get my money. I think it could get a lot of people's money. <laughs> yeah. Definitely get mine <laughs> for sure. Um, do you guys play in the Maximus cup at all? Nope. Nope. All right. Me either. I played in one and the first one, um, which I do like, they changed it. Like now you get points no matter what, you don't have to just win, um, which is cool. Uh, the game boy end game theme does make me almost want to play it, but I've got too many things going on this weekend. I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to make it happen, but, uh, but it, it's cool. I, I'm glad that they did make that switch um, with how you gain points uh, just for playing, not actually winning, um, which I think it, it makes it more accessible for people for sure. Uh, let's, let's move on. Another quick thing. Uh, the NES, uh, online keeps growing this, uh, actually tomorrow. Is that right? No, Wednesday, we're going to be getting three more games, Donkey Kong Jr. versus Excite Bike and Clue Clue Land. Uh, I just thought it'd be interesting, like to, to get your guys read on the NES online library so far. Do you, do you play it at all? Or is, uh, this is kind of a, a thing that exists on your switch, but you don't really touch it. Uh, Greg, what's your, what's your thoughts on the NES online? lately yeah mostly it's just been just a collection thing i've had i mean earlier months i was playing it a lot more just because it was i like the selections of games and then there hasn't really been too many that come out over the last pretty much this year actually that have really wanted me to dive open back into the app and be like oh i really have to play this game again so yeah yeah pretty much same here uh barry have you uh have you booted up the nes online lately uh i think i did couple weeks ago but uh just to mess around i mean the selection of games i think is fine the problem is is that it's not as compelling to go 
and play them because it's just the NES games. Mm. And like a lot of like like for me, most of these games I grew up with. And there's some great games. Like they added Star Tropics. I love Star Tropics. I want a Star Tropics three. But I don't really want to sit down and replay Star Tropics one right now. I've got too many other games to play. So it's not like a pick up and play game. It's an adventure game. It's like Zelda. It's you're gonna sit there for hours. And, you know, for the for the quick play games, you know, I've picked them up, I've played them. Um, but I really am hoping to finally get some Super Nintendo games or Game Boy games or anything other than NES games because th- it seems with them releasing two a month with, with special stuff, but you're about two a month, two to three, it's going to take them years before they get through the entire library. What, what would excite me more is if they started bringing over more Japanese exclusive titles mm. uh, like Devil World. Bring Devil World over. Um, you know, yeah, Mario Lost Levels is there, which was previously Japanese exclusive, but we've had it already on the Super Nintendo. Um, that's what I'd like to see. Like when mm. the Virtual Console came out, it was a, it was an interesting thing, and obviously a lot of people loved it. But for me, the best part about the Virtual Console was getting foreign titles, like Sin and Punishment on the N64, which we never got here. Like bring foreign NES games, stuff that we didn't get. Earthbound um, Beginnings. Or yeah, well, Earthbound Beginnings is absolutely one. How about the original Fire Emblems? Translate them and bring them over. It's right for Greg. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems like they're almost kind of trying to recreate uh, the Wii and the Virtual Console, but it's not. you can't really do that as much because it's not as a new concept like it was at that time. Um, this is like, oh, we've already got these games because we've got the original copies. I've got the, the Wii one. I got it on Wii, Wii U, and I've got it on my 3DS. I don't, like, it's cool, but it's not as, as exciting and new as it once was when they first started doing this sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it'd be great. Uh, the, the chat people are saying, give us more third party games as well. Um, only three penguins said, uh, he'd play it more if, uh, he actually had one of the, the wireless NES controllers. Um, and, uh, Greg actually has, has one of those. Has, has it made you play the, the game more, uh, the, the NES online more? Uh, I wish <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more, I definitely got more for the collector's part of it. I mean, but I did anticipate to try to play with them i just actually have it (laughs) (laughs) as i said like my interest in the app is kind of already like kind of turned down a little bit Mm. until they release something that i really am dying to play on the nes but like earthbound beginnings i would replay that one sure i didn't quite get very far in wii u i'd play it again watch them like come out with mother three on the nes online um <laughs> it finally get people to play it <laughs> uh all right uh let's let's wrap up with this other uh some uh, it's a quick news story but i think it's worth uh mentioning that uh reggie is, is now longer he's no longer the uh the president of nintendo of america um uh, but he's kind of stepped into um this other role in his retirement kind of helping other business people and other businesses and people that are trying to start businesses and and he started uh speaking at colleges and things like that and he just gave the commencement speech at the uh, Ringling College graduation uh, recently. And uh, he, he also did this interview uh, with the uh, Sarasota Herald 
Tribune um, afterwards, and you can watch uh, that that online. Uh, but uh, I think we all got a chance to to watch that. Any anything stand out um, from from that interview or uh, what what we know Reggie is doing that kind of just stands out to you guys uh, in this? Uh, Barry, any, I like, anything stand you know, out? When he said he was retiring to spend time with his family and friends and stuff, and, and I admired that i think everyone should appreciate that time but the fact that he's still devoting his time to educate and to encourage the future business leaders of america really um i think it's good i think he's a success story and he's very inspirational he's very motivational and i i'd love it if you know my graduation if uh, Reggie gave a speech and be like, holy crap, you know, it's Reggie Fizeme. Um, so I think, I think that's a good thing. I mean, he, he doesn't have to do this. I mean, he, he could just sit at home with his family and friends for the rest of time. Um, but he's still getting out there. He's still trying to help. He said he was trying to be on several boards, like larger boards. I don't know what, what those are going to entail. Uh, and who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, because of his previous position, he could push, uh, some good people Nintendo's way. I mean, he parted on good terms. I can't imagine there being any bad blood there. And uh, I, I wouldn't surprise me to see Reggie at E3 uh, in some some way, even just as a guest, just like, oh, come on, on Treehouse, look, it's Reggie, he's here, how is things? And it wouldn't surprise me to see him at the Game Awards as a presenter, uh, mm-hmm. just like former president of Nintendo, you know? Like I can see him still staying in the industry hmm. uh, in some regards, but more like picking and choosing. And that's what he's doing here. He's picking and choosing, and he's choosing to be inspirational for for you know young adults. And I think that's great. I mean, how how could you be against that? That's true. Yeah, I'm kind of envious of that. Like, how cool would it be just like, you know what, I've, I've made all the money I really need to make. Uh, I've done a lot of cool stuff. You know what, I'm just going to retire now and just go do the stuff I want to do now. Like, go and inspire and, and educate young business leaders and just to kind of go out and hang out with other people that I want to hang out with, like my family and maybe people I didn't get to hang out with for the last several years because I was running Nintendo of America and, and just get to have fun now. Um, and to be able to do that, like, fairly, I mean, Reggie's still fairly young um, to be retired. So that, that must be awesome. Uh, Greg, what do you think about uh, Reggie's post-retirement life? Yeah, it's definitely great. I'm really glad to hear that he's like still educating and still talking to kids and everything. That's awesome. I like Barry said, I wish he could come to give my like graduation speech like years ago. That would have been awesome. But no, he was a little bit too busy with the GameCube and Wii at that time. So, but <laughs> I did like how he was really like interested in making sure that the kids are still creating and everything. Like he was like touched on that. Like he really loves that aspect and that's kind of like why he's been at Nintendo. And I definitely like see that and really great that he's trying to inspire people to continue creating and continue working and doing keep, keep at it and everything. It's just very positive message and everything. So that's just, yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Agree to keep it up, Reggie. 
Keep it up. Because we know Reggie listens to these podcasts for sure. Maybe he does now as during retirement. No, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Jakester's hopefully comes to his his graduation next month. Jakester, you should contact him. I I hear he's a little more free now. So maybe he'll come to your graduation. So. Yeah, I also did like how he bragged on how many Twitter followers he has too. <laughs> it's great. He's he soared like uh, so fast. Like it was awesome. I, I was. I'm glad to see he's on there now. I, it would have been great to have him on there before, but uh, it's great to to be able to still stay in contact with him and in, in a way and indirectly and and be able to you know see what he's up to. And so if you're if you're not following Reggie on Twitter, you should. Isn't it just at Reggie? Um, pretty sure. And, uh, yeah, he's, posting, Reggie. he's posting about like what he's doing and what he's excited about and everything too. So he's a, he's a good follow on, on Twitter for sure. Barry, you gotta get him on for an industry chat. <laughs> I'm, I, I sent him a message. <laughs> Whether he accepts it or not is a whole different ball game. Right. That's what, what we need to do now is we need to, 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 you know, send out the Nintendo Fuse podcast listeners and say, you know what, what we need you to do is, is just hound him on Twitter and any other way that you know how to, to contact Reggie. We want him uh, on industry talk. We want him on a podcast. We want to just somehow we need some, some contact with Reggie and be able to do an interview with him. Talk about uh, all this stuff that we want to talk about with him. So, so do your thing, get him on there, get him to notice Nintendo fuse. And uh, we would thank you so much post about uh, his, his followers. Yeah. So like, like just contact his followers to try to start something up. You guys are, are so much better at this than we are. So just kind of get it out there and, and who knows, maybe the next podcast will be announcing that Reggie's coming on soon. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, you have any problems to getting other people to join that industry talk. Mary. <laughs> I have to be fighting you guys off. <laughs> For sure. All of a sudden, like Mike and Blake and everybody else will be like, what's going up? I'm on there. Let me the whole team interviews him. So. <laughs> oh man, it's been great to to talk with you guys again, and and have so many people in the chat just joining in uh, throughout the night. It's it's always great to hear what you guys are saying as well. If you have not uh, subscribed to us, be sure to do that and hit that bell to be alerted uh, about every new video that that we post on YouTube. If you're listening to us on uh, your podcast apps for the audio version, be sure to subscribe on there and share us out with others. Uh, leave us a positive review if you enjoy the Nintendo fuse podcast uh follow us on on instagram and twitter and facebook join our discord all that stuff uh but before we wrap up we do want to uh to talk about uh what what we're hoping to play and and experience over the next uh couple weeks before our next podcast uh so uh greg what's what's going on over the next couple weeks that uh that you're really hoping to to get your hands on well i really want to continue yoshi i haven't really done that in the last two weeks be nice to play some more out of that. Um, I'm pretty close to purchasing Final Fantasy VII, so I might be getting into that. Um, yeah, those are the two main ones on my radar right now. Cool, cool. Uh, Barry, what's uh, what's on your radar for the next couple of weeks? Uh, I'm honestly not sure. I've been debating uh, doing the Phoenix Wright games on the Switch. Or uh, also debating Dragon's Dogma. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not totally sure what is coming out in the next two weeks, but those are two titles that have been on my backlog. But I'm like, maybe I'll give them a shot. 
it's just, there's so much there's so many things coming out there there really is yeah i was looking at a list and i mean we got some some big games coming out over the next couple of weeks like i think uh tomorrow sniper elite v3 yeah or sorry v2. V2, uh remastered um comes out uh and then we got uh resident evil um origins collection comes out on may 21st uh, same day, Team Sonic Racing comes out. Assassin's Three uh, Remastered comes out. Then also uh, Resident Evil Four um, and Resident Evil all coming out, and, and Resident Evil Zero all coming out. Of course, uh, the the Origins Collection, and then you can buy them individually. Um, and everything all coming out on May twenty first. So that's like a big big day uh, for sure. Um, let's see. Oh, there's there's one that I thought that I, I thought Barry. I know you're going to be getting, and I, and I think Greg might be excited about it. Another game called uh, Little Friends, Dogs and Cats. Oh <laughs> yeah, of course. When it, wait, when is that coming out? Uh, May twenty seventh. May twenty seventh. Yeah, yeah that, so near the end of this month. That that one my wife is interested in because she liked Nintendo Dogs. Ah, there you go. So maybe we'll be able to talk oh, about that. Already got podcast. it. <laughs> I have it pre-ordered. Yep, I do. Yep, it is a uh, physical copy. So physical copy. I got it pre-ordered. Got to do it. Got to do it. I uh, it. Yeah, there's there's some great games. I've I've been looking into Team Sonic Racing a little bit. I'm not sure if I'll get it or not. I'm I've always been more of a Mario Kart fan, but uh, I'm interested in it. Um, I I love the idea of the Resident Evil uh, games, uh, but. To, to be honest, I like I already own Resident Evil Four, and so I'm like, do I need to buy it again? Um, I own, I own Assassin's Creed Three already too, so I need to, do I need to buy that again too? So I'm not really sure. But, but you uh, have Assassin's Creed Three portably. That is true. <laughs> and you don't have point. Assassin's Creed Three on Switch. I I can take it kind of portably when I play it on my Wii U around my house. So no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too far from that system now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, only three uh, penguins is excited about Dragon's Dog. Dragon's Dogma, um, and uh, Phoenix Wright. Yeah, there's there's some cool stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. So uh, so yeah, um, we'll talk about that on our next podcast. Along with uh, most of our next podcast is going to be dedicated to E3 predictions. And uh, and here's the deal: because uh, we we're all in the United States, um, we're going to honor Memorial Day on uh, May 27th, and so um, that's a Monday. And we normally record on Monday evenings, uh, but because of it being Memorial Day, we're we're not going to throw off our entire schedule. We're just going to move that to Tuesday. Um, so to be may 28th uh instead of may 27th for the next podcast so if you're used to tuning in on monday evenings uh to watch us live just tuning on tuesday evening instead same time uh same same channel and all that stuff but uh but just a different day one day later um which we'll also do the, the following podcast as i mentioned uh earlier our uh the following podcast after that which would be june 11th um is also on a tuesday because of e3 and, and plans around there so the next two podcasts uh the live recording will be on a tuesday instead of monday night after those two, we'll jump back on our regular Monday night schedule, um, but just uh, kind of mark your calendars around that if you do plan on tuning in live, which we always urge you to do uh, because we love uh, interacting with you guys in the chat and uh, hearing your thoughts about all the news that we talk about, what you've been playing and everything. It's uh, it's great to kind of extend it beyond beyond us three and kind of include you in the conversations as well. Um, speaking of which, if you've not sent in a question, you have something for us to talk about in a future podcast, uh, we would love for you to, to send us 
an email. You can just do that at podcast at nintendofuse.com. You can send us questions on on uh, social media as well and uh, just say, hey, we, I'd love for you guys to discuss this in your next podcast. Um, send us that question and we'll we'll address that in, in a future show. Um, but, uh, but yeah, until May 28th, um, we'll, we'll see you on social media and everything else. Uh, Greg, it's been great to talk with you. Sorry I didn't make the whole podcast, but it's great to get yeah. you for the last half. Yeah, great having great having me on. I love being on here, and thanks everybody. Yeah, for sure. And Barry, it's it's always great to talk games with you. Pleasure's all mine. Yeah. Well, until next time, May twenty eighth, next show, and uh, until then, happy gaming, everybody. Have a good night. See ya.